tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! We should totally chop him. Because now I, I, of course, know how to chop. You now know how to chop. It's time for a birthday chop, so Georgia Palooza. Well, it's, it's both not, of your birthdays, so you both Well, that won't count. Five times! Five times! <laughs> five times! Fight five fans, time. hello, five welcome time. to... Not, oh, oh, that's my shoulder, dude. <laughs> I don't have the right angle. Yeah, you're, you're missing there as well. <laughs> that was only three. Oh, no, I'm only seven years old. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. We've got a special late night, but still just as antic-filled episode of UFC on AfterBuzz TV. Of course, my name is Derry Baronado, and you can Why find me. Why are you hosting? She's right here. Wait, she's oh, back shoot. here. She's back. Wide shot. She's back. If you didn't already have the wide shot anyway. Oh, I that's right. The Guys, the, uh, the detriment and the loss of millions of fans of the USA Network and WWE Universe is after Buzz's benefit. We've got our girl back, Daria Baronado, the Jersey Devil, has returned and not a minute too soon for special. Is this in the shot here? Right here, J-Day and Horjapalooza. It's in my shot now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go, this is a special late night episode, partially because the UFC ran in San Diego this evening. Rare, a rare Wednesday night show, but also we're going to go and uh, go through midnight. And you guys, whoever is in with us, Joe Boza, I hope you're around, my man. Uh, we're going into yes. July 16th, 2015. The annual international birthday uh, celebration of J-Day. And now as I know it, Horja Palooza. Applause. Wow. Cue the applause. Two day rocks. You. Oh, this is a wrestling. This is a UFC <laughs> show. George All right. Hermosa rocks. <laughs> hey, there we go. Hi. All right. I missed, you. I missed you. I missed you. But seriously, guys, it feels so good to be back behind the desk. I was a guest last night on your amazing show, After Buzz Tough Enough, it on the couch show. over there. It is my it show. It is your show. And it feels great to be back here with you guys talking about some UFC. You missed the yellow and black attack? I missed the yellow and black attack. <laughs> Um, while I was gone, to my lullaby to sleep was black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> it made me feel right at home. You, but, you didn't count buzzulators? No, so, I did. I actually, ooh, I actually was like saying it in my sleep. Like, buzzulator, buzzulator. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But I had so much fun, and I'm so glad to be back. Um, it's just the beginning of this journey that you guys are going to follow me on. Because you guys are like my WWE aficionados. No, well, I am. Pro wrestling aficionado. Pro wrestling aficionado. I am. They call me the sports entertainment encyclopedia. There we go. So we do. They do actually. They do. They do. Christian Rosenberg does right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, we're sitting here talking about MMA, and as I said, the UFC ran a rare Wednesday show today. Fight night. Uh, I, I believe seventy one. The last time they had a, a Wednesday show was July sixteenth, two thousand fourteen. Wasn't that the Jersey guy? Donald Cerrone versus last Jim Miller? It was in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Check that out. I did forget about that. Donald Cerrone, mm-hmm. Jim Miller. I practically forget about matches. You know, a week later, <laughs> a yeah. week there afterwards. There are an too. influx of matches lately. But yeah. Hey Jay. Um, how hey, about Daria. Sunday? I get my seat back. We can talk about it afterwards. Yeah, something we can talk about. It was a it was a birthday boy uh, gift to you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> girl, I've been holding it down. Have you been holding down the fort? Have you would you know if you watch the shows. I well, I know I you had internet access. I, I did have internet access. I can't even lie. Mm-hmm. I will watch them. There I you will. go. I did watch. Uh, Remind me of what the matches are when you go back and watch because I have no idea what the hell we talked about. I'll let you know. Okay, fair enough. So, guys, uh, a fantastic. Uh, Fight Night 71, capping off a long, I was going to say, a long week of UFC events. We've been going nonstop here. It's a show this Saturday. Exactly that. Still not over. We've got Scotland coming up, and uh, and then shortly after that, a title defense with TJ Dillashaw defending against Hennon Burrell. Let's start out the results here real quick. Um, Andrew Craig and Lyman Good met at 170. Lyman Good uh, won by KO in the second round here. Uh, 
middleweights King Kevin Casey, one of the three uh, Dario, three one of the three folks you knew going into this one, yep. facing Ildemar Marajo Alcantara. Kevin Casey came out with a unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven. That was a serious. Uh, that was the theme for for tonight was unanimous decisions across the board. Uh, in the prelims, at welterweight Sean Strickland beat uh, Igor Arat. Adagio? Oh, man, I had this one. Mm-hmm. I was studying it. Mm-hmm. Sean, Sean Strickland won. Had one job, dude. <laughs> it's, it's not my birthday. one job. Yeah, it's my birthday. Quit it's not your me. birthday yet. It almost is. Yeah. They're celebrating on Facebook already. <laughs> Unanimous decision, 27, uh, 30-27 all across the board. Rani Yaha beat yeah, Masanori yeah. Kanahara. Split decision in a rare, uh, a rare switch of results here. 29-28. 29, 28, 28, 29. Jessica Andraj and Sarah Moras. Jessica Andraj came out unanimous decision. 29. I'm sorry, 30, 27. Uh, Sam Cecilia coming out with another uh, unanimous decision. Also, well, 30, 27, 29, 28. That was at uh, featherweight. Um, in the main card, which really, guys, is one of the most fantastic uh, main cards of this year. As much as as the the prelims were, were kind of trying, the main card delivered on all uh, on all uh, all fronts. There, Alan Joben opened up against uh, Matt Dwyer, uh, opened up the show, and welterweight he came away with a, a really interesting uh, result. We should talk about. He did win by unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty seven across the board. Uh, Kevin Lee defeated James Montasri by uh, by submission by guillotine in the first. Uh, that was at uh, that was at lightweight. Uh, of course, another one of our uh, our guests, our, local our, our boys veteran guests. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Young Guns Jorgensen and Manny Gamburian went at uh, at one thirty five. Uh, Manny in what this I felt was one of two or three different uh, matches of the night. Fantastic, uh, great scrap overall between the both of them. Manny Gamburian walked away uh, unanimous decision thirty twenty seven across the board. That's one of those ones that I think, um, but Manny did win, but it doesn't doesn't reflect what Scotty Jorgensen brought to the table there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before the co-main event, the second women's match of the night, Holly Holm, the preacher's daughter, uh, a very celebrated boxer unto herself, meeting uh, Marion Renault at 135. Holly Holm again, unanimous decision. Uh, this was a, this was just a, a drubbing, wasn't it? Thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty six. Uh, somebody gave her twenty nine twenty eight. So yeah, I don't know where that twenty nine twenty eight came from. It was a decisive thirty twenty six, thirty twenty seven. Even you want to um, assume it's Mike Bell? Probably <laughs> Mike Bell, right? I don't know. I don't know who it Mike, is. Mike, you're, you're next. You're coming back, buddy. You're going to explain this stuff to us. Jay Tan just called you out, Michael Bell. So now you have to come <laughs> back to defend yourself to clean your name. Um, no, I don't know who it was, but I don't know how you got that. Uh, Holly Holm was. Connecting uh, in the mm-hmm. second and third round decisively and accurately. It had to have been the th- the first. It ha- it was the first round, but even yeah. that, I don't see twenty nine, twenty eight. You didn't see it. No. Co main event, co main event, and the main event, guys. This this is going to be the big payoff for you guys uh, if you can catch it on. I believe it'll run on Fox Sports Two most likely uh, later this week. Josh the Punk Thompson, longtime uh, Strikeforce former Strikeforce champion and uh, veteran, versus Tony Elk Coy Ferguson, who is certainly having. Uh, the time of his career right now on a hot streak. Ferguson defeated Punk uh, Thompson. Punk. <laughs> Thinking CM Punk here. Uh, unanimous decision, 30-26 across the board. Again, this one was just a uh, an all-out war and certainly worth your time to go out of the way and see. Mm-hmm. And in the main event, finally skipping a uh, foregoing... A, a decision result here. I think what we only had like three, three of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Frank Mir and Todd Duffy. Frank Mir, hmm. th- these guys just went at it. It was a minute thirteen into the first round. Frank Mir connects with a hard left that dropped Duffy senseless. Uh, winner by KO. To me, KO of the year contender at least. Um, it was what I expected it to be. To be honest, yeah. I you knew you know when you put two guys like this in in a cage together, Frank Mir, Todd Duffy. Obviously, Frank Mir's been around forever, mm-hmm. and he still has that knockout power, and he proved that tonight. Yeah, um, the fight of the night. I, we had some strange results here, in, in my opinion. To to their credit, Alan Joban and Matt Dwyer gets fight of the night. Performance bonuses go to Frank Mir and Tony Ferguson, both of whom. 
those two, I think you can argue very understandably. I mean, they had fantastic performances. Um, but to me, that fight of the night should have been Tony Ferguson and uh, and Josh Thompson. I agree. I, yeah, I could see either way. I think the reason why it went to Jabon and Dwyer was because it's amazing to actually win. Everyone thought it was going to be a draw, I think, once Jabon got that point taken away for the eye poke. Or well, let's, the, let's sorry, talk about that. Face. Yeah, that was, yeah, uh, yeah, that was the there. first fight of the night uh, yeah. for, on, on the main card. That is our buddy Alan Jabon, yep. who is an AfterBuzz alumni, multiple, multiple-time AfterBuzz alumni. I think alumni, he's a not three-time veteran. Three-time, three-time, three-time. <laughs> Are you done with that? No. Okay. I'm gonna keep it going for a little while. Okay. So Alan Jabon, we've created a monster. You realize you guys that, have. dude? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> she loves it. Um. I really do. No, your Alan Jabon is not only an amazing fighter and super entertaining. He's one of those guys that understands this game. He understands that in order to sell tickets, in order to stay in this game for a long time, you need to put butts in the seats. You need to be charismatic. You need to entertain. Our yeah. girls all grossed up and grossed up and grossed up. You know, we're talking about MMA, right? Not pro wrestling. I'm talking about MMA people, not okay. pro wrestling. Although I think it applies to both. You want to talk about pro wrestling. Uh, I, I got a little pro wrestling jitters, but no, I'm talking about <laughs> MMA right now. Um, no, I honestly believe that he has everything it takes to be a champion mm-hmm. because we like the Conor McGregor's now. We like the Ronda Rousey's. We like the people that stand out and stick up for the, what they believe in and they talk. And Alan Javon does that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Because I, I was going to say, Alan is not a Conor McGregor. Alan is not a Ronda Rousey in terms of their uh, their public persona and, and talking trash. Right. He's he's a more subdued. He's a very approachable guy, you know? But um, I think they all have one key factor in common, and it's that natural charisma. It's that mm-hmm. thing that we always talk about. It's that it factor. Mm-hmm. That when he gets on the microphone, you listen to him. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he's not just another guy blabbering on saying, oh, I want a title shot. See, I think the difference between Conor McGregor and Alan Jibon, or a lot of guys in Alan Jibon, is Conor McGregor or Chael Sonnen, this isn't a bad thing, but they talk a lot of their ass. Again, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way it is, you know? Right. People will listen. As opposed to Alan Jibon, it's like every word has a meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't just say those kind of random things. It's like he says things and they have meaning behind it. He backs them up and he talk, he doesn't just talk to talk. Yeah. He talks and he, he means it. I, I understand what you're saying. He has validity in his word. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the match itself. Um, I, as we said, we scored it, uh, I think across the board, all of us scored it really 28-28, expecting mm-hmm. a draw. Definitely. Um, Joban was uh, Dr. Point. In the first round, for uh, a knee to the to the head, of he Dwyer. thought it was initially the shoulder, and right. that's what that was his immediate argument uh, after he had happened. But then, obviously, during the replay, it was very clear he was throwing a flurry, regardless he, of intent. It was mm, a knee to the head. He he dropped uh, dropped Dwyer and uh, and pushed him up against the cage. Dwyer was kind of in mm-hmm. a, on at least one knee, and Allen was just still going and through that knee. It did mm-hmm. land, like you said. Um, it was pretty blatant, but obviously not intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a close call when they have the hand down, but not a knee. Because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like we talked about, there's that touch up, down, up, down thing yeah. that people play sometimes. But he had a knee on the ground. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for the sake of that, it was definitely an yeah. illegal knee. And to his credit, Dwyer himself, he dropped Joban early. was uh, mm-hmm. worked for a guillotine here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joban did escape. Um, and, and kind of came alive a bit more towards the end. But mm-hmm. that first round, I thought Dwyer... Who had a huge reach and height advantage on on Allen mm-hmm. was using it very well, and uh, was was landing as much as Allen was. Allen's striking looked really good, mm-hmm. but uh, Dwyer was he was commanding his his length quite a bit. I think Allen Jobon um, had a hard matchup here. To be honest, I mm-hmm. think like you said, the length and the reach of Dwyer was really something hard to deal with because not only does he have that length and reach, but he knows how to use it, like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. So, um, Alan Jabon's usually the one completely outstriking his opponent. Mm-hmm. Where he still did that this fight, of course, but I think he, uh, Dwyer gave him a run for his money because of that reach advantage. Yeah. Uh, he came back in the second and third, though. Uh, Absolutely. Alan did. Yeah. Um, it, the cartwheel kick. Yeah. He well, landed capoeira. a cartwheel kick. Yeah. Capoeira kick. Yes. <laughs> a kick to the neck. It landed mm-hmm. right on the neck, which is fine. That yeah. counts. It was a capoeira kick in, at the end of the second, and I think he threw a few of them uh, in the third, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Go, Allen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we cool. scored those those two for Allen, which would have ended up a, uh, a 28. But right. it seems that those guys, uh, the judges saw Allen winning all three of them, but then docked the point. Had to dock a point uh, officially. It's funny because I was saying, if you would ask me how I would have scored the fight, I would have had a draw. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want to see a draw, though. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Definitely Dwyer did not win that fight. 
Uh, so if mm-hmm. I had to pick a winner, it had to have been Jubon, but just for the sake of scoring and the, just the way that MMA is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was surprised but satisfied as well, knowing that there was a clear winner. Uh, yeah, in the record books and true. I know. agree. The result made me really happy because, like, like you said, normally in this kind of situation, we would see that draw because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we had to take a point away, and it was what it was. But in this sense, you, it really made sense for the overall fight. If you looked at this fight, you would say Alan Jabon was a clear winner, and that's the way mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah, so difference between Pride Rules and Unified Rules judging. Very true. After that, uh, again, what I thought was Fight of the Night nominee, uh, Scotty Young Guns Jorgensen and Manny Gamburian uh, at 135. They've, they've jumped around a little bit. We've seen Scotty. Actually, both of them uh, come down from uh, 145 where they fought previously. Scotty Jorgensen, of course, being a long time. <laughs> what are you doing? Why did you shrink to my height? <laughs> to get the shot? We already framed, to. man. Because oh. I was told to. Everybody on iTunes, George just dropped his chair a little bit to get uh, eyeline with Daria there, and uh, he's actually shorter than me now. I feel. And big. now he's just crunching down. This is what we're gonna get, guys. Eleven o'clock late night show. This is like after buzz, after hours, guys. Every time we had a late show, it's been very uh, out there. Joseph Playful. Boza knows us better than anybody out there on the internet. Joseph <laughs> Boza, I'm talking to you right now. You know that when we do a late night show, we get crazy. You know, Daria, her my I, bedtime I don't know if is like eight p.m. Do you got a chat room, man? Because I'm waiting for YouTube to load up here. I got no chat it's room. It's there, yet. but I don't think it's updating either. Up here, yeah. it's not updating. Our people yeah, aren't commenting. <laughs> Just um, is there. I know yeah. he is. So this match, though, um, I, you know, it, it's hard to even go through the entire, uh, the back and forth. I couldn't give you bullet points on what happened here. But Scotty Jorgensen, Manny Gamburian, um, just a, a an all-around uh, a scrambling war, I want to mm-hmm. say. There, uh, there were big takedowns. Uh, Manny Gamburian, of course, coming off a big uh, jiu-jitsu and, and, and judo background. Uh, Scotty Jorgensen, collegiate wrestler himself. Mm-hmm. Um, both of the guys, these guys have have been around the game for a long, long time, mm-hmm. and so it's it's funny that they haven't met up before. But uh, man, this scrap! Um, actually, and as I'm thinking about it, I believe Scotty Jorgensen had dropped down to 125 not long ago. I could be wrong about that, but I think he's come up That's to 135. Way. I think I could be wrong about that, but I'm uh, We're trying. We're about to find out. Yeah, yeah, off the top of my head. But that, we were talking about how the curse, because it seems that everybody who Ronda Rousey trains with has been losing a lot, whether it's mm. Shayna, unfortunately. Uh, Manny broke the curse. Jessamine, uh, Bra- Mar- Marina Shafir. Travis Brown was training with uh, with them for a little bit. Uh, Jake Ellenberger. Ellenberger, yep. Yeah, so. Yeah. Manny, Manny uh, the anvil. What did you guys think about this match? So, Manny Gamburian is obviously one of those guys that's been around the game for so long, and we know he's so technically sound, but to see him put on a brawl like this mm-hmm. and to really get in the nitty gritty and, and throw the strikes he threw and land them, that was entertaining to me. Not that we haven't seen this Manny before, but I think he's evolving in the sense of the sport, in the sense of getting in there and really being the aggressor. Mm-hmm. This was a different Manny, and I really liked it. Um, he had a nice guillotine attempt in the beginning. It was reversed, and Jurgensen got a guillotine on him. It was The entire match was... Tip for tat. Tip That's for what tat. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It was back and forth. I think this is the the Manny Gamburian that we were looking to see when he came off of Ultimate Fighter. Right. You know, um, we expected a lot. Uh, I think from uh, I, I personally expected a, a long run with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, dealt with some injuries, uh, some losses that uh, the you know shouldn't have gone is uh, shouldn't have gone that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it is what it is. Um, that one just uh, you know it's one that's worth going out once when i was watching during the show uh once i got to this i mean well we actually we we skipped over kevin lee and james montasri i'm not sure how much there is to talk about that one but this was the high point after watching how many prelims one two three four five six six prelims go to decision or rather five of them and one was a ko in the uh um in the third, mm-hmm. uh, these these three matches, you know, really, I, I knew that we had something special here. The the tide had kind of changed uh, with Kevin Lee finishing uh, James Montasri with a really nasty rear naked choke in the first. Yeah, hate to see it to to anybody that comes through uh, after Buzz Studios, you know, but uh, that was. Uh, it, Talk about the match. Yeah, James Mastrosi is a friend of mine, obviously. Um, I trained with his girlfriend, Jessica Pryor, who you guys had on the show while I was gone, I believe. Um, he is. An athlete. Mm-hmm. When I watch this guy train at Black House, he is like, 
He's really aggressive. He's always trying new things. He's one of those guys that's not afraid to get in there and fight. Mm-hmm. So anytime you go see James Mastrosi fight, you know you're going to see a show. Just mm-hmm. like Alan Juban and a lot of these other SoCal locals. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the in the water down here or something like that. The what? The water. The what? <laughs> oh. Jesus. Anyway, um, that being said, when you're going against a high-level wrestler like um, Mr. Kevin Lee, I mean, you have to be careful when you get in these situations. I was watching as uh, as Minstrasi was trying to transition out of this position, and I was he was almost doing everything right. Like, he was, he was trying to get out of it properly, but... Kevin Lee was so good at just hanging on him like a like a leech, really, and Big staying close to him. suplex there, right? Uh-huh. Got the clinch suplex, off the cage. Of course, yes. Yeah. And he snuck that choke in, and next thing you know, you know, it was too tight to get out of. We got, uh, we got, I got my chat room going. You guys got the chat room going? Yeah, we got mine. I see Sammy Drum in here with us. Joe Boza, of course, thank God. Luis Paulin. Maybe Luis, Luis, not quite sure. Uh, <laughs> shout us Luis. out some, some questions or thoughts on the... Uh, on the show tonight, guys. We'll be talking about it and trying. Yeah, Kevin Lee could go to the top 15 with his showing tonight, Joe Boza says. What do you think? Joe, 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 Joe Boza's a smart man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not opposed to that at all. I think he's a young kid. I think he's fresh, and I think he's raring to go right now. Maybe a couple more wins, and we'll see him in the top 15. I mean, that lightweight division is so stacked from top to bottom. You just had Dustin Poirier just kind of entering and making a mark in the lightweight yeah. division. Uh, Ally Kinta, who was supposed to fight on this card against Gilbert Melendez, oh, initially was... Uh, Gil Melendez and I, I can't tell. Who was, was it before Gilbert Melendez? I don't Bobby remember. Green. Bobby Green. Bobby Green. All right. He got hurt. Then Gilbert Melendez. Then obviously he got hurt. You know, he got right for, for testing positive. And then you have Tony Ferg that's just tearing through this division oh, right now. It's insane. Um, but the funniest moment of this fight was the double eye poke. I mean, yeah, how awesome! It, it was a single eye poke. How awesome it actually happened! I hate to see that. It was a single eye poke. Happened to those guys. You said Monstrosi was. Playing it off as if he got eye poked. He said I, I think that. he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he, I didn't see an eye poke. I didn't uh, see uh, it. No one seemed to see it. However, I do think probably that. I mean, something hit him. Obviously, I don't think he was faking it, but it leads to a brilliant, you know, Eddie Guerrero inspired spot of uh, you know somebody. I, if I would do this, if I was a fighter, frankly, Derry, you should do this. That would be okay. the lying portion of his gimmick, and that's fine, and that's good. You should, uh, fighters, here, this is for you guys. Anybody that's listening, aspiring fighters. <laughs> I don't if think some, this is good advice. Just this is excellent advice. No, this is playing is, the game. Guys. This is the visual head head version of the three-point stance here. Uh, anybody, you poke anybody in the eye and they, they twist off and go, ah, 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 you do exactly the same thing no, here's what we right as fast if as possible. If you kick somebody in the groin, start grabbing your foot. That's ah, too. my foot. There ah, you go. Or, or that. your groin. Yeah, yeah. Sell the other thing. That way you're, you're not going to get a point to die. I don't recommend this, guys. This would have been the case. You know what? Actually, it's a shame that Alan Juban didn't do that. Alan, uh, Alan could have kneed him in the head and then maybe like fallen over and and grabbed his head. Said, "Oh, he kneed me in the head," even though he was on a three-point stance on the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a possibility. Just a thought, guys. Give it a you know. See how it works in the gym in the dojo there. Um, So after that, then Holly Holm, Marion Renault. Just uh, talking about a one-sided, uh, one-sided drub in here. There's a lot Not of history behind one this judge. match. Yeah. yeah, that's true. The, it's all over the place with the judging tonight. But um, there's a lot of history behind this match. You have Holly Holm, former world champion boxer and kickboxer, coming into the UFC in her last performance on the L.A. card, actually, that Jay and I attended, going against uh, Raquel Pennington. Wasn't that impressive of a performance? Me and Jay kind of looked at each other and we were like, this is the Holly Holm we've been you know, hearing the about. Definitely the octagon jitters. <laughs> Definitely the first time yeah. UFC jitters. This performance was quite the contrary. I saw a composed, fearless Holly Holm. She is one of the most aggressive fighters in this division right now, obviously besides our champ. Um, but she goes hard and she goes forward. I just think she's one of those fighters, similar to Kat Zingano, that needs a little time to get into her groove. Mm. You know, second round, third round, that's what's going to favor Holly Holm, and it definitely worked in this fight. Uh, Marion Renau, she is an older fighter that mm-hmm. Dana White originally said would never be in the older UFC. Older in age. Yeah, in age. Yeah. Uh, Dana White said she would never be in the UFC. She's too old. No way, no way, no way. Now, after signing her and after her making her debut... He completely retracted his statement because she she's a legit fighter. She uh-huh. puts on shows, and she's definitely delivered in her past UFC fights. That being said, tonight was not her night. Holly Holm outclassed, out-techniqued Marion Renault all around. I agree. I mean, I think that first round was kind of 
it could have really gone either way. So I kind of see where the, the, the judges scored her for one for Renault because the first round was kind of slow. Right. But I think Holly Holm was just getting more comfortable. I was, I was kind of comparing her to Anderson Silva. Relax. Not like that. But Anderson Silva is somebody <laughs> who kind of feels you out a little bit. Yeah. It's just that Holly Holm took a little bit longer because when she did in those second and third rounds, she was a machine. She was hitting you. She was striking you. He, you would, she would go for a kick. She would, uh, Bruno would block it, but she'd still get hurt, you know? She's relentless. And it's one of the most entertaining styles of fighting, at least for me to watch, because not only is her boxing fast and fierce, Mm -hmm. but she punches hard. Mm -hmm. You could just tell those punches hurt. And she's busy with the kicks. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she's definitely an entertaining fighter. I'm going to say... Um, give her Jessica Evil Eye after Jessica faces Misha Tate. I think she's going to lose to Misha Tate. Mm-hmm. And I would put Jessica Evil Eye versus Holly Holm. And then you decide what you do with the winner of that. If the winner's Holly Holm, give her to Misha. If the winner's Jessica Evil Eye, and I don't know. We'll talk about that then. I mean, that, that'd be an interesting matchup. Um, with that said, I do think that Holly Holm still needs a little bit more polishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of people were saying as soon as she signed that she should fight Ronda Rousey. And no way. Yeah, now we know there's like no no, no way that she should fight because Rousey. There's a very large difference between being a world championship boxer yeah. and a world championship kickboxer than being a champ in the UFC, exactly. especially oh, in yeah. the especially weight women's Ronda. division. Yeah. She hasn't been tested on the ground yet. And I, I hate to pa- parrot the doubts, the doubters of Conor McGregor, but we still need to see how she does on the ground. Unless you- you're Joanna and Jacek, who just. Is yeah. unstoppable mm-hmm. on the feet and does not get taken down. See, I would love for Did she get taken down in a Claudia fight? That Claudia fight was. Claudia was back and forth. Might, might have had her, her down, down, but yeah. I don't think she did any damage on the ground. She was like that type to pop right back up if mm-hmm. my record is right. I mean, Holly Holm was very accurate too. Not as accurate as uh, Joanna. I mean, that girl just destroyed Jessica Payne. She picks people apart, like yeah. the definition of picking people uh-huh. apart. But I think Holly Holm can get there. I think, I think she's a little bit more. Not not be so patient again, but again, right. I, I think she's just trying to fill out. I think her next fight, but we're going to see her in kill mode. I think each time we're going to see her progress because yeah. if you look at her in rounds two and three, you would never use the word exactly. patient. Yeah. I mean, she's a, a devil in there. Yeah. Oh no, she's not. She's anything but a devil. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, she could be the new Mexico devil. No, the Albuquerque devil, the preacher's daughter. <laughs> we'll stick with that. Maybe um, that should be the fight, the Jersey Devil versus the Preacher's Daughter. That would be an interesting fight. Look mm-hmm. at that. So much irony. You'd get killed. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. She'd but burn no. in hell. <laughs> you might take her down with you, I suppose. Yes. You know? She knocks you out, you grab her legs, and you pull her this, into the underworld. This was a very, very fun fight. It was, right? I definitely Entertaining, high level, high skill level. I love watching this. Um, you guys know a little bit biased to the female matches, but only because I love seeing this sport grow, and I think it grows in the modern day right now. It's women. We are growing, and I love seeing it. Well, there's only two sexes, and the, the men the men have been... You've already grown. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You've already grown. It's we, our turn. We've been doing MMA for a minute, so it's time for the women to catch up. No, it up. definitely is, though. It's that time, I think, the strawweight division has been established. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we'll see maybe a 125-pound division, or maybe even 145. See some Chris Cyborg in the UFC. Yeah, maybe. I suppose. All right, that's a long way I mean, away. Speaking <laughs> of which, I mean, she did just fight last Thursday at the Invicta show. I, um, they're giving her. They, they, are they giving her schmucks, or is she ooh, just that good? She destroyed her. I, I'm, she I'm destroyed asking you a question: is, Are they giving her schmucks, or is she that good? I no, I don't think. Schmucks. I don't think they're giving her tomato she, cans. I think, I think she's schmuck, they're giving her schmucks, but she still is that good. She is that good. She's not, I, I believe it she's 100%. destroying these ladies. She's not like barely really beating is. these girls or. She's destroying these ladies. I, I I would like her and Rhonda to get into like a battle, and Rhonda be like, "Well, I finished someone in 14 seconds. Well, I'm gonna finish someone in 13." Well, Rhonda's gonna win that. I'm it's gonna be, finish 14 in seconds. It's under 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rhonda's gonna win needs, that. Needs that minute, you know? Yeah, Rhonda's gonna win that. But it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey. In the co-main event tonight, though, Josh the Punk Thompson, Tony L. Kakoi Ferguson. To me, this was a little bit of a passing of the guard kind of thing. I don't want to say that. Josh is any kind of a uh, of a gatekeeper, but if you can get past Josh Thompson, who probably is not any time going to get a title shot or, or really be in the run, um, you know. And, and Tony has been amassing a string of wins coming up and really being impressive and super aggressive and personable in all of his matches. Um, this to me was was fight of the night. Um, it was bloody. 
it was it was constant back and forth. Josh always is is great at bringing uh, bringing the action, win or lose. You mm-hmm. know, thirty twenty six across the board. Those are pretty strong numbers for Tony. But just like the uh, Jorgensen Gamburian fight, I don't think that that necessarily reflected the the effort of the losing fighter in that match. Me too, Joseph Boza. It is both. They are giving her schmucks, but she is thank you, thank you, Joseph Boza. <laughs> I'd rather have Joseph Boza agree with me than anyone else. All go. right, man. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you got it. This, this fight, fight was sometime. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. This fight was this one, two, three. This fight was awesome. really bloody. What are you, awesome Armisen and, and what's her <laughs> face from Sunday Night Live? Garth and Kath. Okay. Yeah. This fight was bloody. really bloody. <laughs> That was almost fun. It's good for one or two jokes, but after that, I'm done. Listen, (laughs) I'm not 37 years old. That is chop number two. You're such a liar. You have so many more. No, you're 38 years old. Anyway, this this fight was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You thought it wasn't going to be funny anymore. (laughs) Touche. I'm going to go first. (laughs) This fight was awesome. Uh, this was my personal fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. That Josh Thompson, man, that guy, that guy does not give up. Cause I thought he was gonna give up on a couple Kimuras. Yeah. On an, on a Kila or Unlock. That guy's got like, either he's got a rubber arm or that guy just doesn't know the words or does not have the physical capability of just tapping out. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought that guy was done. His face was bloody, but he was still putting up such a great fight. He hit, he hit a Ferguson with a few spinning back fists. I'm like, oh my god, it's, it's over, but. Yeah, no, but it went to decision, and rightfully so, Ferguson did win. Um, How about Ferguson with those front rolls, huh? Why not? Getting like, out from like from being against the cage. Listen, Tony even Ferguson, when he wasn't against the cage, he still did it. Tony Ferguson has what I call the Eddie Bravo charm. Something about the guys that train under Eddie Bravo. I'm getting there. Hold on. Something about the the guys that train under Eddie Bravo have such composure in the cage. They're so calm in the cage, and mm-hmm. uh, they just have this calmness in the cage that Tony Ferguson has. That all Is it these, just the familiarity and comfort with no-gi jiu-jitsu? I think it might be. I yeah. think it might be just the way they train as well. They're all, like, very in touch with themselves, and, you know, I think they're all... <laughs> Some people would say a lot of them are high. <laughs> or that. Peace to you, Eddie. My man. Um, no. It's <laughs> but it's true. It is very true. The way that they train, you know, I obviously go, I go down there a lot. Christina trains um, mm-hmm. down at Tap Out in downtown LA. Who's Christina? Uh, my girlfriend. Oh, oh it's official! Wow, <laughs> it's After Buzz official now. It's After Buzz official now. It was USA Network Global TV <laughs> official two weeks ago. Um, yeah, but anyway, so she trains down there. So I go down there and I watch those guys train, and they're impressive. And mm-hmm. I think that this speaks volumes. If you can get inside the cage and keep calm, therefore keep your cardio, it means it can make or break a fight. Ooh, I disagree with Joseph Boza. What do you think about let the cats, let the wolves meow? Do you agree with that person? (laughs) See, if you acknowledge him, then he's going to continue. I don't mind. This is where we're trying to engage. Go for it. Let the wolves meow. I mean, I don't even know what that means. Calls us three cock-sucking melon heads. Ha, 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 ha. That's like rated right off. Yeah. yeah, we uh, just got we I, just got but, canceled. But Joseph, Joseph Bosa said that Josh Thompson, Tony Ferguson could be fighter of the year nominee. I agree. Maybe yeah. nominee, but I, I, as long as Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald still True. exist, I, I think that there's really no other question yeah. about it. But yeah. the fact that we're talking about two fight of the night potentials in the same week that is true. Right. That's a good is point. epic. That just shows how good of a card this tonight was. Yes. And we all knew it was coming. Uh, even without Gilbert Melendez versus Ally Kunda. This was a stacked card. We talked about it. Like yeah. the week Am ago, I biased? Like People tell me online. Am Probably I biased so. or is the SoCal are the SoCal fighters bringing it? I no, really think that, that a lot of guys that come from California in general, I mm-hmm. think, has a lot of really, really talented MMA fighters. I think a lot of times that California is drawn to a lot of fighters. I mean, Anderson Silva and Leota Machida live here. That's true. So when you have guys training at Black in House, mm-hmm. uh, when you have people like Ronda Rousey, I just think it's just something in the water, water. that makes people, you know, water. fight. I think it might be the history of MMA. Exactly. Being, being created in here, guys like, Torrance, California. In Torrance, guys California. Like LaBelle, like he's always been an LA Very guy. True. You Very have true. a yeah, you have you have a huge amount in in SoCal. You have a lot of pretty people and athletic people trying to do many different things, and of course, a lot of them are also 
also, excuse me, martial artists mm-hmm. um, trying to act, for example, or trying to do films, TV, you know, produce, write, mm-hmm. whatever. And, of course, and, and stuntmen as well very typically will have martial arts background. So you have an influx of that kind of talent here. Now, let's not sleep on NorCal. Northern California brings it as well. And mm-hmm. Washington State, Portland. Um, MMA has thrived on the West Coast a lot more than the East Coast, mm-hmm. historically speaking, and, and even throughout, you know, throughout the Midwest even. Um, so it is, it's no surprise, obviously, it's, this this state is one of the like hotbeds for that, it. And, and yeah. I hope I'm not disrespecting anyone, so please don't beat me up. Uh, kind of going back to the Ultimate Fighter, America Top Team versus Black Zillions, and yeah. I'm just quoting Danny White here, and I agree with him, that a lot of those fights were a little lackluster. Like, oh, yeah. There were a few of those fights that were only even really good, but I don't know, maybe it's something in the water in Florida. I think if there was maybe There's something two, in the schedule on that season, like that too, yeah. but at the same time, I think if it was two you know, big schools from California, I think it would be a lot more entertaining fights than it was with the season of a... Yeah, Ultimate Florida is definitely, like you said, a hotbed for talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. It, I, you know, I trained down there with the American Top Team guys. There is a lot of talent in South Florida in general. But that being said, this season I don't think was the greatest Ultimate Fighter they've ever put on. But, you know, sometimes that's due to stylistic matchups. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't, you know, Did you guys the best matchups. But... I, I'm guessing you probably didn't because we were on the air when the Ultimate Fighter finale happened. But... Uh, Michael Graves versus uh, Vicente Luque, I think. Um, Michael Graves went one in one in this season of Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. and looked like a completely different guy. He was having a rough time in, mm-hmm. in both those matches. The second match that he won, mm-hmm. um, he was getting pounded on pretty badly, but was able to survive, get out, yeah, and, and got a, I believe, a rear naked choke. Um, but in that, that match, he dominated completely. He looked like a completely different guy. Um, Kamaru Usman, who was the star of the Black Zillions, mm-hmm. faced uh, Haider Hassan. I hope I got that one right. Even when I get it right, I end up screwing it up. But uh, Hassan has gone through four or five different guys from ATT, mm-hmm. finished them. And um, well, I- Kamaru had his number here, choked him out, I believe, also with a rear naked choke. Um, yeah, I, I think it was more the schedule than than a reflection of those teams in general. And I think something that we forget about the Ultimate Fighter is that these guys are in the Ultimate Fighter to learn still. You know what I mean? They're, I disagree. I, I, I don't think so because I think they're not at the peaks of their career, I don't think. I think it's... A lot of them are well, either... I think, I think this specific season... A lot of them are on little, the downslope, actually. Because you had guys like Steve Caro, who's This been, was a weird mm-hmm. season, I guess. Yeah, so I guess I it's mean, hard to I say. I think previous seasons, but, I think they are mostly there to learn, but I think with this right. specific season, it was... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It was, give me, was it uh, eight? Eight, eight from each team. Eight uh, non-UFC fighters. Right. Then, you know, obviously, because there's a lot more than... a lot more people in that camp than just the guys you see on TV. Mm-hmm. So it was... When you see guys like Steve Carl or Ryan Graves who've been fighting for a long time, that's yeah. true. So yeah. I, I, that, it, like you said, it was just a weird season. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't watch most of it, so <laughs> I can't attest that much to this season. Yeah. But I can attest to the general format. I of think the it was more fighter. so like the coaches and they hate each other and whatnot. So right, that's yeah. definitely good drama. Let's yeah. talk about that shortly. We'll hold on that. But getting to the main event here, oh. Frank Mir, <laughs> Todd Duffy. Um, wow. wow. Nothing but, I mean, when you talk about great heavyweight fights, slugfests, barn burners, slobber knockers, this one certainly delivered. I mean, you go back to... Um, Andre Arlovsky versus Travis Brown. Sure, that one, or Travis Brown and Overeem, or I'm thinking Hunt and Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mir and Bigfoot, I believe, as well. From a few months ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, these guys were just, it just came out swinging mm-hmm. heavy combos to the head. Uh, back and forth. Both of them were landing really well. Let me explain to you how this fight went. I want everybody that's watching or listening on iTunes to go, if you have the video game, the UFC video game, doesn't matter which <laughs> one it is. You can. There's four of them. It doesn't matter say. which one it is. Uh, put it on. Play the game. Turn it on. Uh, pick a fighter. You know, next the person next to you, pick a fighter. Press every button except the block <laughs> button. And that's what this fight was. Yeah, right? Just, that was so well said. Uh, yeah. I, that's exactly yes. how this fight went. Every button you pressed except for the block one. That's how I play those video games. Yeah, that's how you should. I don't know how to use video games. Yeah, and that's and, what I do. I just hit all the buttons. There were a lot of shots that each guy took. I thought Todd Duffy was going to be out maybe 30 seconds before than what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he came back with a few shots. And before you know it, Timber... It Todd was Duffy's one of those out. fights where I was like... 
Oh my gosh, please knock one another out in this first round, because if not, you guys are going to have no gas tank for the second <laughs> round. You knew that that's what was going to happen if this went more than one round, because of the way it started. It started with fireworks. See, I've always loved Frank Mirror, and especially going back, and I say it all the time, his fight, go back and watch it on Fight Pass 4. $9.99. Under George Hermosa's account. You still use that? <laughs> you still use that? No, I didn't. Okay. No. Um, and I love watching this fight because mostly it's Joe Rogan uh, being so over-enthusiastic about it. But on UFC 140, mm-hmm. when he fought Big Nog, and there was a couple times where Big Nog, Nog looked like... What are, is it Big Nog, really? Nog. It's, well, no, it, it's Noguera, it's but it's Noguera. Nog. So yeah. I don't know why I said Nog. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like eggnog. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, you don't want to make that reference. I'm, I'm not like, drinking a glass of Big Nog. You're lactose intolerant. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. He's Brazilian intolerant. Oh, so I think. it's 11.58. <laughs> um, I, I know. I'm keeping track. It's 11.58. So, uh, yeah, so going back to that fight, and that's the Frank Mirror that I love. I mean, he's a guy who looked like he was getting knocked out. Before you know it, he starts getting a Noguera in, in an armbar, and... He's flipping, listening to Joe Rogan. It's like, oh my, you know, typical Joe Rogan. Right. Oh my God. So, oh, like, it just, he sort of broke his arm. So, I, I know, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I thought that's how this fight was going to go. I thought he was going to take him to the ground and somehow and he's going to find a way with his high level, not even high level, world class jujitsu that Frank Mir has. I thought that's how this fight was going to go. But before mm-hmm. I know it, he, he, they asked him in the, in the post fight uh, interview, like, typical, you know, just clenched down on my mouthpiece and just swung away. Yeah. Oh, that is what he did. Literally. I mean, look at that fight. Were his eyes even open? That was awesome. (laughs) Definitely a knockout contender. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that we didn't see that... uh Going to the ground, uh, Mir decided to. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. I'm looking at it rips. on paper. At this, right. It would have been. Yeah, it, 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 been. it might go back to strategy and matchup, and we've seen in the past, Todd Duffy doesn't exactly have the greatest chin in the world either. Mm-hmm. So it's one That's of those true. things where Mir just probably just went along with whatever he knows that his opponent's not good at. So I like that. I like that in a in a in a offender. He looks at what he can do to break down his opponent's weaknesses, and he. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday! Twelve to o'clock you. on the dot. Happy birthday! As we record this thing, dear guys. George and Jay. J Day and Georgia Palooza is now in full and total effect. To you for the next twenty-four hours. Woo. Frankly, kind of just like the purge. Lock your doors. Lock your windows. Just stay inside. Dude, seriously, I cannot wait for the purge that happened in real life. There will be the, there will be chaos balloons? and stay. But I could go like this. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can get in on that too. Ready? Stereo. So I don't. I, I was saying to myself about Frank Mir. <laughs> you guys keep doing that. I can keep talking. No, I uh, think that makes for horrible so podcast. Frank, so Frank Mir. Uh, I was saying as if it hasn't already. Being a huge Frank Mir fan as I am, I want to see him win, but I don't want to see him go up in the rankings because I know he'd get murdered by Kane Velasquez and Fabrizio Verdum. Although Fabrizio against Frank Mir is a dream match that I want to see that I know will not happen because I don't think Frank Mir will be able to surpass that gatekeeper of like you know the third yeah. or the fourth hmm. ranked heavyweight guy. Well, Frank Mir is definitely one of those I guys don't... to me that will always be a top contender in the sense of. Like in his weight class, he's he will always be in that top ten, top fifteen. But is he ready for our current top three, top four? Is he ready for that title contention? Well, let's talk about that. That's what's fascinating. He did mention though uh, that he uh, it was kind of a um, what was it that he that he did want to get back into the the top five. He did want to have he did want to be in title contention there, be in that conversation. Right. Um, he's got two wins now, a, a first-round finish over Bigfoot Silva, first-round finish over Todd Duffy. Prior to that, uh, four losses in a row. Um, yeah, because he's lost to Overeem, to, to Josh, Josh Barnett, Barnett. Yeah. to um, Junior Dos Santos, all guys that are ranked above him. I don't see him beating those guys you know, the second time around. Right. Well, but here's the thing. This is a great conversation that I'm curious about. All you need to say is Robbie Lawler, and the conversation well, over. There's Robbie Lawler, yeah. but there's also um, a, a, the biggest headline of, of the week here is Mr. Fedor Emelianenko mm-hmm. coming back. And uh, after a three-year uh, retirement... Think, I think he's going to go to Bellator. Yeah, fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Very, very likely so. But it's a strange resurgence we're seeing 
especially in the heavyweight division, between Andre Arlovsky. Who would have thought, you know, mm-hmm. a year ago that you'd be talking to Andre Arlovsky yeah, in the, contender. what, top five, maybe top four? Yeah. Um, who else are we talking about here? Um, uh, refresh my memory here. Who am I running for? We got to but I know what you're saying. Back. Um, it's... It's really weird to see these pride guys coming out of retirement or even so continuing these decade-long plus careers. Because to me, and we've had this conversation a million times, I think, but new school versus old school. Do these guys have the same mindset that they did when they first started? And do they have the same mindset of the fighters that are fighting now in these divisions? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it creates such a crazy matchup sometimes. You know, um... Who was it? it was There's Luke. something, because the other one I was going to point to was yeah. uh, Fabricio Verdum. Okay. Peaking at 37 years old, now considered one of the top, a lot of people <laughs> are talking about, top heavyweight in the world, you know? Oh, you're the champ. When, when people said Fedor was coming, yeah, exactly. Well, that's my mm-hmm. point. People said Fedor was coming back. I said, to what? Like, the heavyweights have passed him by. You know, like, oh, wait, because Fabricio Verdum is the champion. Or Andre Arlovsky, who's in the top four now in the UFC. You know, there's something, and I don't know if it's if there's anything intrinsic to to the heavyweights. Um, maybe that's just you know the certain guys that we're looking at in particular, because um, that is the case. I mean, we will see that obviously. Robbie Lawler, a resurgence. There is a way of having kind of a second chapter in your career, clear, clearly here in MMA, which is not necessarily something that a lot of people would have thought about because of the. Impact of the that the, the sport has on your body, you know. A lot of times, you, you you make your run and you're done, and you move on. You be a coach, right? I mean, it's interesting to study things like this, being the fans that we are mm-hmm. and the analysts that we are. It's it's interesting to look at, like, how long can you be in this game and still be relevant? But I don't think there is a clear cut answer. I feel like everyone has their own path in this sport. We see people that you know their prime is when they first start and they're hot off the market and they're tearing through divisions like the guys we have coming up now. Then we see guys that were in pride that are now coming back. And Fabricio Verdum is a perfect example. He's Josh Barnett is still killing in the mix. it right now. Mm-hmm. Look at a guy like, Josh Ro- like Rory McDonald as well. Who I mean, he got beat up. Look at his face. I want to see how his face looks now because I think it's oh my god. But the guy's only twenty five years old. Yeah. So who's the thing? that in five years, yes, he's only going to be 30 while guys are peaking at 37, 38, but a 30-year-old Rory McDonald might be at the end of his career. Right. So That's what people may say, and then he may take some time off and yeah, come back. And come exactly. back at 36 and win the title belt. Jeez. Yeah. Imagine if, uh, if our other French-Canadian friend with three letters came back after his hiatus. Hmm. Imagine how rested he might be. Hmm. Huh? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it just depends if he wants it or not. We were talking about earlier that things that separate uh, some great fighters with some okay and good fighters are just having that killer instinct that you can't teach. Right. And we were talking about it earlier with, you know, Ronda's training partners, you know, with Brown, all those guys that are losing. Uh, you know, they all have essentially the same training people that are training them as Rousey, but why is Rousey above everyone else? Because there's, she's got that it factor that you can't teach, that you can't, you, you can't teach that killer instinct. Right. You gotta just have it in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a matter of whether they have it. I think GSP, if he comes back, it's, I know he's gonna have the skills no matter what, but is he gonna have that killer instinct that he had in, 2008, 2009, 2010, until he it's pretty much... It's the same pattern we saw like with Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's, he's always had the skill. It didn't go away. His mm-hmm. skill never went away. Yeah. This went away, and this went away, and that's what caused him to lose those couple of fights, and I think that speaks volume. I think that's what makes Ronda Rousey, <clears throat> Ronda Rousey, that's what makes Conor McGregor Conor McGregor now, mm-hmm. because they have that mindset, mm-hmm. I won't lose, and it works. Speaking them. of Conor McGregor, one of the two big announcements uh, in the past, what, two, past several, uh, this week, Couple several days. days. Yeah, a few days. Yeah. Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber, now the coaches for the next season, season 22 of, excuse me, The Ultimate Fighter. Um, what do you guys make of that? There was an incident before, or I think, a little, right before backstage, the right before weigh-ins, yeah, with Conor and Uriah running into that each other weird. in the it bathroom. It seems like interesting timing. Yeah, kind of coincidental, put right? That little thing, and then they tell us they're going to be coaches. You're learning how to smell a work. Yeah, our girls all grows up and grows up, Look Georgie boy. Me. I mean, I, at um, first I had a problem with it until they specifically said they're not going to be fighting, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. I don't care about that then. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the greatest setup. For I think the it's stupid the that they're fighter. not fighting. Well, no, it's not stupid that they're not fighting because obviously different <laughs> weight classes, but. Um, 
certainly if they did fight, it makes no sense. No, Faber Be- just fought at Bantamweight. Oh, I'm sorry. Faber yeah, he's back at 45, yeah. but it is really silly when you've got Frankie Edgar, you've oh, got yeah. Jose Aldo, that business needs to be squared away, and you're going to pair yeah. him up again. I, I think... Ultimate Fighter is is not the place for Conor McGregor, although it, it is. No. I suppose it'll help the ratings, but it's not necessarily going to help him. Does that mean that Conor McGregor's hands are tied this whole time he's filming? He yeah. Can't fight? Yeah. So does that well, mean we're going to have to wait to see him and Jose Aldo well, after the well, season? No, because the season yeah. starts September fifth. Right. So which I means think... that they're airing it almost. Uh, they're or, sorry, uh, shooting it. Uh, very, very soon. Next yeah. week. So I'm saying he'd probably be stuck in no later than maybe mid to late August. So they were looking at fall anyway for the, for okay. Miguel, Sorry, Miguel that's not See, that I'm bad. thinking January. I'm thinking that they're going to do the end of the, whatever, the end of the year, early, early year. Yeah. I don't want to so, wait that long. Well, I don't either. <laughs> Nobody does. Gosh. 13 weeks. I've waited this long for Dillashaw and Burrell too. Which has gone under the radar. Everybody kind of keeps forgetting about that fight. I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Two weeks from now? I've been wanting to see that rematch, and I've been wanting to see Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. Yes. It needs to happen. Again, uh, how the cards align, or how the stars align, is probably the best thing that happened, because now there might be a little bit more interest in that fight, considering how everything played out. That's true. So what do you do? At the end of the season... You have Ronda Rousey and Betch Cohea to hold you over. At the end of the that's, season, that's, that's going to be weeks. yeah, two weeks. I don't weeks. want to wait that long. I want to see, yeah. <laughs> so you've got Conor McGregor on the shelf until the end of the season. Uriah Faber on the shelf. Although, I mean, frankly, that's not. I don't know that Uriah's even top ten anymore. Um, but he is. He still is a great face for the for the company. Mm-hmm. You put at the end, so they've they've got a fight. You're building up to something, right? McGregor mm-hmm. fights. Let's presume Aldo. Who does fight? Who does uh, Faber fight? And why? Why would we care? Per se? division. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think it's nec- Faber's choice. I don't think it's necessarily a setup for a fight, like you said. It's not going to be Frankie Edgar, right? It's more of uh, like Should a drama be. play. It's it's good drama. You know? I, honestly, my my gut says that they offered Edgar the coaching spot first, but then they he said no, so they went with Faber. I don't believe that. I think I think Fa- I think Edgar Faber would was the go. First choice. Ed, Edgar would. Get, take whatever whatever path he had to get to to get to a title shot. I think they want to put Connor on the shelf for Jose Aldo. Maybe I just answered my own question. Dana, wait, that, yeah. Dana, Dana, Dana yeah, said he's he going to wait for, for for Aldo to get healthy. Sure. That there's not going to be you know no, because title. That's defenses. the biggest money fight. And on top of that, you got an intro that title. You've got to do the unification fight before you do any other fight before he takes on any. By the other way, defenders. I know I know there wasn't an official after show for it, but did you guys watch Stephen Thompson versus uh, Jake Ellenberger? I did. My God, was that an awesome fight. And everybody knows, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that I've been praising Stephen Thompson for years. For years since he first, and since its first UFC fight. Did you talk to him on Twitter? I mean, I wouldn't say talk. It's more of a... Look, look, tell us what happened. <laughs> I tweeted talk him on Twitter because, I'm, like I said, I'm a huge Stephen Thompson fan. I've been a fan of this guy since his first UFC fight when he knocked the guy out with, like, a cool leg, uh, cool kick. Uh, sucked when he lost to Matt Brown. But, you know, it's one of those things where he probably benefited more from that loss than anything else. Mm-hmm. Tweeted him out because he's finally ranked after years as number nine. You go from not ranked and go to number nine, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Wonderboy, like at Wonderboy MMA, I think it is. Uh, finally, I've been after years. You've finally been ranked, and he says, "Oh, thanks, buddy." Oh, no, and then I put, you know, feel free to come on. I would love to have you on after Buzz for an interview. He's like, "Cool, thanks, anytime, buddy." buddy. I'm like, uh, we're, we're in. I guess we we're got the now. in. I don't know what to do now. You are friends. Wonderboy Thompson, nine one one. Now you message him and you say, "Come on, after Buzz. These are the times. These Can are you the do dates. it for me? I got you. Okay, cool. Actually, uh, shout out to Wonderboy right now. I'll just send him this link. <laughs> Make George do the work. Right, He's got to earn it. Do the work. We'll coach him, but you get a Skype, you get his email address. Done. Done. Uh, the other big news uh, they announced on the show t- uh, this evening. Next uh, title defense, Demetrius Johnson. Well, they announced it, rather. Demetrius Johnson's Mercedes. next title defense against John Dodson. John Dodson. Rematch from, I'm two. blanking on how many uh, years ago, but. Two. Uh, like, yeah, two. I think it's like early 2013. Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. Um, this will be September 5th in Las Vegas. I don't know if it's official yet, but I'm more excited about Joseph Benavides versus Henry Cejudo. Because that's going to be a bigger tilt in that division. Because, again, it's all about, I don't, as a fan, as, as a fight fan, yes, I want to see John Dawson get that other chance. But as a, like, I, I'm not a big fan I of. I want to see Henry Cejudo rise up. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a big fan of guys who 
lost pretty, eh, not badly, but just lost. Decisively. Yeah, and get another shot. And, mm-hmm. and again, ha- part of it has to do with Demetrius Johnson cleaning out the division. So now yeah. it's like, hey, there's no one left. But right. again, I'm more interested in Henry Cejudo and seeing what he can do against a top Big time. three oh, yeah. guy, a flyweight in the world. Mm-hmm. That, and I'm also very excited. I, I'm kind of going to that title match right away. I want to see Johnson versus Cejudo. Yeah. That one I'm going to pop big for. You actually called your mother to make sure you didn't have plans, didn't you? <laughs> I, I will be in Seattle. I don't know why I'm t- talking to the camera for this one. Yeah, I'm going to be in Seattle. Tell the people. We'll be in Seattle during that fight. Uh, the last time for a, a DJ fight, I was actually flying back. <clears throat> excuse me, flying back. During DJ's fight, I landed probably I think uh, an hour after uh, after the fight, and um, and didn't get to see and, and hang out with uh, all of his AMC people up there uh, in Seattle. So this time now, I will get it's to go. It's important for you. I will watch with DJ's team. Hopefully, if they invite me to uh, to the house wherever they're watching it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Although I probably could also be in Vegas for that matter. Yeah, it's hmm. closer to home. <laughs> also, congratulations anyway. to Ronda Rousey for winning Best Fighter Award at the ESPYs. Not the, right? not the female Epsies. athlete. Not the ESPYs, the ESPYs. And Best Female Athlete. Yeah. That's pretty incomplete. I mean, over, I, I don't know who was it. nominated, but I assume Serena Williams was nominated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the girls. Floyd was nominated for Best Fighter, mm-hmm. or uh, probably Best Fighter she, or Best Athlete. She beat right? Floyd Mayweather for Best Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had some words there. Yep, she had some words. Was yeah. he there? Like, was he in? I'm sure in, he was in LA at the ESPYS. I have no idea. I'm sure he was. That'd right. be awkward if they kind of ran into each other at some point. Because we all know Rhonda's very. She's not afraid of practically anything. No, she's not. Okay, so she was up against Lindsey Vaughn. You know, everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Brianna Stewart, Serena Williams. So. Honestly, beating any, that was for female athletes. Yeah, beating yeah. Serena Williams and practically anything, I think, is pretty is pretty cool. She Man, is one of the best female athletes of all time. I agree. And again, we had this conversation. I think last time Ronda Rousey fought, that I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go past putting Ronda Rousey in one of the best female athletes ever. Like, why not? Right. Why? Why not? Why can't she be in that same category as a Mia Hamm mm-hmm. or a Lindsey Vaughn or, or anyone in that matter who's, who's female? No, yeah. absolutely. Ronda Rousey is the most dominant athlete on the planet right mm-hmm. now. I truly believe that. And people say, "Oh, well, her weight class isn't as stacked." Well, you know what? She's the best of the best right now. If you could find someone that can beat her, please show me. Mm-hmm. And the oh. way she beats them too. I want to acknowledge in- uh, our, our guy Joe Boza here again. Um, Going back a topic, talking about the uh, the reality show, he says, "I think they offered Jose the coaching spot, and he said no way." I mean, maybe he was uh, he was just ribbing about that. I don't think that they would have. Uh, the he doesn't time, speak English. It doesn't make time, sense. It would be kind yeah, of hard to it market been hard Brazil the... versus Europe and America. See, that's market. what that's what I would have liked. No, I think you, well, you, bring, you bring them both here. Well, yeah, I mean, you it, do it'd be fun Team for Brazil. us, you know, fans to watch, but they're trying to overall. Mm-hmm. But again, it's no, that Connor. Makes, but then again, it's Connor. So who knows? That makes exactly. That's it. You, the stars are Connor and Jose. Yeah. You put them both in houses in uh, um, in Vegas. The Europeans will have no problem talking. Uh-huh. The the Brazilians, okay, maybe there's a difficulty. Maybe you do a lot of uh, um, you, you do a lot of what do you want to call it? Uh, subtitle work. But that, frankly, that could be a lot of fun too. Because then you've got two different sides talking shit. About each other, nobody knows what they're talking about, and people are getting offended over stuff that is just like, "Hey, pass the soup," <laughs> you know. Right. I think that would have made, made for I'm a better dynamic. To it. I, I, it would be the first like, would it be the first like official bilingual season of the Ultimate Fighter done in the U.S. And, and, Could in the, the rest U.S. Of yeah, because I know they had the Brazil with Vanderlei and Yeah, but that was the UFC. Brazil. Oh, sorry, Ultimate Fighter Brazil. Right. Yeah. They've never done it in the U.S. bilingual, so no. that would be yeah. interesting. I would like to see that. And Jose right. Aldo and Conor McGregor talking smack. Um, <laughs> Are you wrapping us up here, Jay? I'm thinking here. I'm going to wrap us up. We are quarter after 12. We're 15, 16 minutes, rather. Into happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Where are you taking thank us? You, thank you. Thank you. No, where are you taking us, Superstar? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, Big Wang's Wings is still open. Uh, Grill goes. Can you just open up a credit card because I know you're going to get that WWE contract anyways. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'll just tell Vince McMahon that. I uh, spent my first. Do you have his number? Yeah, let me call him. Hold okay, on cool. Yeah, right. no problem. <laughs> On the wrong side of the phone to your ear, dummy. I don't know how to use the phone. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be back before too long anyway. Of course, uh, this weekend from Scotland, uh, the UFC's first foray into Scotland. Scotty! Um, foray. Foray. Michael Bisping facing Tiago 
Elvis. Tiago ladies. I am late. Tell us ladies. Oh, She's, it is two ladies. We need to get out of here. Uh, yeah. Do you get that one? They had, I'm they very excited about JoJo. I'm going to wrap us up so we can get out of here sometime <laughs> today. Joanne Calderwood. Guys, it was so great seeing you all. Follow me on Twitter at Tough Daria and on Instagram. No, Guys, follow her at Daria B28. That's not what she has me. a hard time letting go. <laughs> it's over. It's done. For now. For now, Bronco. Talk to you guys later. Hey, Peace. My Twitter is G Hermosa. G H E R M O Z A. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. G H E R M O Z A. Everybody tweet us happy birthday. We deserve it, damn it. G H E R M O Z A. Bye. Pleasure later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. J10. Views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.